Some are big. Left or right. Right or wrong. Lust or love. Gossip or truth. Deceit or honesty. Panic or prayer. Worry or peace. Integrity or dishonesty. Your will or God's will. Who you are today for good or bad all comes down to the choices you have made along the way. The decisions we make affect our lives 10, 15, 20 years from now. A choice made today will affect our lives tomorrow. So choose wisely. Well, good morning. Let me welcome you again to Crossroads. We're excited that you're here with us today, joining us on Facebook Live. Uh, listening around the world. Again, it's encouraging to know that we have people listening really and watching all around the world. I said it last week from Japan to the West Coast to Texas. I mean, they're literally everywhere. So we thank you for joining us. And again, I'm going to ask you if you will, even if you're in the room and you have your cell phone with you or your smartphone, we call it now, uh, take a moment and share the feed from our Facebook page to your Facebook page because it just multiplies the actual exposure that this message will have today and throughout the week. Don't delete it once you're done today. I mean, leave it there for the week uh, and let people see and let people share in what you've experienced here at Crossroads because today we're closing out our series, Choices, uh, and it's really about the choice to run. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But also, I want to encourage you this morning, if you filled out one of those volunteer cards uh, and you did not turn that in, we would like for you today or as early as you can to get that back to us. We have held off contacting people that actually have already turned their cards in. We wanted to get everybody's in and try to do that at one time. So again, if you have a volunteer card that we actually filled out two weeks ago, uh, we would like for you to return that in so that we can actually begin contacting people and get people plugged in while we can. So again, the summer is a very transitional time. Lots of people gone again this weekend, next weekend are two of the biggest vacation weekends of the year. We know that. We understand that. We want you to vacation. We want you to enjoy it. We want you to also join us through Facebook Live, online when you're on vacation. And again, as I tell you every week, take the time to share it. You know, one of the things that's really interesting is that there's a reality uh, that, that kind of we all share in this room. And what's really the beauty of this thing is the reality that we share is not just the people in this room. It's the people watching and listening online as well. The reality is this, we're all runners. You know, you think about it, we're all people who are runners. And I'll tell you, my, my season of running was around my freshman or sophomore year in college because I decided that I had a life. I had a life and I wanted to live my life. And, and, and as I looked at the future, you know, I mean, again, when you're a freshman or a sophomore in college, you know, maybe even junior or senior in college, you look at your life, you see all the possibility, you see the future, you see everything in front of you, and you say, you know what, I, I just want to live my life for me. And you say, you know what, I don't have time for God. I mean, we see it happening all the time with with high school students who go into college and they, they start experiencing things they've never experienced, and they say, you know what, uh, Life is all about me. I've got, I don't care what God has called me to do. Uh, but here's the thing I did. In my freshman or sophomore year in college, I basically said, you know what? I have a life to live, and I want to live my life for me. And I really pushed aside the specific things that I knew that God had called me to do. I decided that I wanted to do my own thing, and I wanted to be able to pick and choose what area of my life I was going to submit to the authority of Jesus Christ. I just wanted to decide that. So basically, I was running from God. And, and, and it didn't take long to discover. It didn't take long for me to discover the same thing that I know many of you have already discovered. And the thing I discovered is this, and somebody, somebody needs to speak to this, you can't outrun God, right? You cannot. I don't care what you do, you can't outrun God. And furthermore, here's the question, why would you even want to? So many of you know what I'm talking about. You know what it means to run from God because many of you are saying, God, I, just, I, I need you to just stay out of this. I need you to stay out of this. God, I, I don't want you to get involved in this. So, some of you ladies are saying, God, God, just stay out of this because he is really, really hot. He is really, really good looking. And he can become a Christian later, but he can't get any better looking later. 
So God, you, you just stay out of this. Because it's easier for somebody to come a, become a Christian later in their life than it is to become more good looking. So God, I, just want, I, I want you in the, in the rear view mirror of my life. Some of you run from God with your finances. You're like, God, I believe in you, and, and God, I believe in your principles. God, I believe in most of the things as they apply to my life. But I don't want you messing with my money, God. I don't want you messing with the financial area of my life. Because, God, I'm going to run. I'm going to handle my finances the way that I want to handle my finances. So that's an area of your life where you are running from him. Let's just be honest. Because all of us in this room and those listening and watching online, this is just a hypocritical area of our life. That's the way we live. We live as hypocrites. And can I just say this? If you're watching online and you're saying, I don't want to come to Crossroads or I don't want to go to any church because the churches are full of hypocrites, you know what? You're exactly right. Are we not all hypocrites? We're all hypocrites. And you know what? If you show up here, you're going to be one of those hypocrites too. We're all hypocrites. And this is an area of our lives where we live a little hypocritical. Because I think all of us pray things like, God, protect, from, protect me. God, provide for my family. And God, give me this and give me that and give me this and give me that. And yet we have this area of our life where we're like, oh, yeah, give me, help me, protect me. But don't touch that, God. God, don't touch that. Because this area of my life is under my control. And God, this area in my life, I'm running. All of us have run from God. And, all, and the really interesting thing is this. We, we, when we run from God, we all run for the same reasons. So when you take the time to think about it, you know, you have your story of where you ran from God. I have my story of where I ran from God. The thing about your story and my story and their story and, and the other people's story is th- those stories are really the same. Those stories are not unique. We run... Because if we don't, you know what we think? We run because we think we're going to miss out on something. We run because we think we're going to miss out on something that's good. So, so we run towards that job, or we, we run towards that relationship, or we run towards that lifestyle. And the only reason that many of us want God in the rearview mirror is because you want him there in case something goes wrong in your marriage, in your finances, in your parenting, when you're out there living life on your own, you're running. But just for safety's sake, you always want to be able to see God in the rearview mirror. See, to, to me, this is one of the most interesting things about Scripture, about the Bible. Because to me, now again, I'm, I'm going I'm to bring this down where you can really understand it. When, when you read most of the stories of the Bible, and a lot of people I know don't read the Bible because they think they can't understand it. But let me tell you, get, get you the, the message or get you the voice, get you a paraphrase. Again, somebody would crucify me for even saying that. But start there and begin to understand it. But when I read the stories in Scripture, when you read most of the stories, what I see are these ordinary people like me and you. I see ordinary people that God used in extraordinary ways. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? I mean, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And, and every time I, I, I look at a story from Scripture, I kind of look at that person as a superhero, like, like, like a Batman, like a Robin, like, like a Superman. Like, like, I mean, they're like a superhero of the Bible. And one of the things that I have discovered in the Scripture is really the same thing as the superheroes that we see in the movies and in the cartoons. It always seems to me that superheroes, the one thing they do is they try to avoid their giftedness. They try to actually avoid the thing that they've been gifted to do. And if you look at their story, one of the things that you'll see, and it's common, 
in all the stories of superheroes. In all of their stories, you're going to see that there was a point in their life where they actually wanted to quit. There was a point in their life where they actually wanted to give up. I mean, I mean, Spider-Man, think about Spider-Man. Do you remember the scene when Spider-Man threw his outfit away? I mean, there was a time when Spider-Man actually wanted to throw his outfit away. And that's the same problem that we're going to see this morning with the guy that we're going to look at. If, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Jonah chapter 1, emphasis on Jonah, Jonah chapter 1. And I want us to take a look at what I say are three characteristics. Maybe they're not characteristics. But I want you to look at three things that I see that are common as it relates to people who are running from God. And let me just say, if you're a note taker, get your pen and get your paper out because this is going to be one whale of a message. Did you get that? Okay. <laughs> Whether you're a student of the Bible or not, you probably heard the story of Jonah. And, and what's interesting is this. Many, many people think the story of Jonah is, is fictitious. Many of the people will say, you know, that's just an allegorical story that's used to make a point, to make a biblical spiritual point. And, and I'm going to beg to differ with you. Uh, you say, well, why would you beg? Let, let me just say this. I have a friend who is a pastor who just emphatically tells me, Randy, that did not happen. I mean, he believes that it's an allegorical story. It's used to communicate a truth. But I beg to differ with you, because if you take the time to actually research, you can go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12. Don't do it right now. Do it in your quiet time this week, maybe this afternoon. Matthew, chapter 12. And in Matthew, chapter 12, Jesus even talks about the story, and he talks about the story believing and saying that it actually happened. So if Jesus tells me it actually happened, guess what I'm going to believe? I'm going to believe it actually happened. You remember what I said last week? If a man can bring people back from the dead, if a man can bring a, man, a dead man back to life, I'm going to go with that guy. Can I, can, I get, can, can, can I get an agreement? If a guy brings somebody like Lazarus out of the tomb and brings him back to life, I'm going to go with him. So if he can bring a dead man back to life, if Jesus says and thinks the story really happened, I'm going to go with Jesus. But when we look at the story of Jonah, there's something interesting. Because we start to see that Jonah's story is our story. And the reason Jonah's story is our story is because all of us in this room, all of you watching online, all of us have attempted to run from God. And most of us have discovered that you can run from God, but you can't outrun God. Now, I don't mean that you have physically tried to run from God. When I'm talking about running from God, I'm talking about relationally. Almost all of us in this room have tried to run from God. So let's jump into the story as we go to Jonah chapter 1, looking at verse 1, and here's what it says. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. God gives instructions to Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it because the wickedness of that city has come up before the Lord. And, and, and I was thinking yesterday, and I just scribbled some notes in my folder here. The wickedness of that city had come up before God. Doesn't that describe about every city in America right now? Don't you think that's true? The wickedness that you see in the cities of this country, don't you think that that wickedness is coming up before the Lord? That's a message for another day. But saying that, it's the very reason that this message is so important. Uh, look, look back at the story. Right out of the gate, 
We can see something. God had put up with the wickedness, like God is putting up with the wickedness with us right now. I mean, he's giving us time. He's giving us time to repent. God, as far as the Ninevites were concerned, as far as the city of Nineveh was concerned, God had put up with the wickedness. But it looks like God is going to give them one more chance before he turns the lights out. He's, he's telling Jonah, I want you to go and preach against the city. God is basically saying, I'm going to give them one more chance, then I'm going to judge them. So in his grace and in his mercy, God sends Jonah to go to Nineveh to warn them about their wickedness one more time. Ninevites, get your act together. Get it together. Because if you don't, I'm going to judge you. Again, again, look at this story and look where we are as a people. Look at verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. That port would be Tarshish. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Now give this some thought. Tarshish is 2,500 miles in the opposite direction of which Jonah was supposed to be going. So th th this isn't like just a no to God. This, this is like Jonah saying, thanks God, but no thanks. I'm going to run. I'm going to live life my way. And immediately we see the first characteristic. Immediately we see the first thing that I think people who are running from God have in common. And it's this. When people are running from God, people run to strange and dangerous places. When you're running from God, let me tell you what, I can guarantee this. You're going to run to strange and dangerous places. When people are running from God... They're going to run to self-destructive places. I mean, think about it. If you're running from God, why would you get on a boat? You know what? I, if I was running from God, you know what I would do? I'd get, in a, I'd get in a cave. I'd get in a bunker. But getting on a boat, if you're running from God... That's about the worst thing you can do. Getting on a boat is like a golfer standing out in the middle of the fairway to avoid the lightning from a storm. But you know what I see all the time? When you turn your back on God, you run to the strangest places. You run to the dangerous places. And then what happens is later in your life, you know what you'll do? You'll look back at that time when you were running from God and you went to those dangerous places and you went to those very strange places and you'll say this, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? You're dating who? You invested in what? You're going to go to work where? You, you, tell me again, you bought a what? When you run... You're going to make decisions. Listen to me this morning. You're going to make decisions that are not logical. You're going to run to the strangest places. And after those decisions, when, when, when those decisions that you made, when you're running to those dangerous and strange places, when those things begin to self-destruct, not overnight, but when they unravel, when you turn your back on God, you're going to turn your back on God's wisdom. Now, let me say this. It's, it's not necessarily what you intended to do, but that's what you do. When you turn your back on the source of wisdom and truth, it's always going to come back to haunt you. Because when you've turned your back on wisdom and you've turned your back on truth, you know what you're going to do? You're going to make misinformed decisions. You think you're doing the right thing, but you're not. 
And the more I thought about this, I thought, you know, there, there's, there's a word of wisdom that actually speaks to this. And that word of wisdom that speaks to this is actually found in the book of wisdom, which is Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. And here's what it says. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. See, when you've turned your back on truth and wisdom, there's going to be a way as you run, there's going to be a way that seems to be right, but in the end, you have to understand it leads to death. So let me give you some wisdom this morning. This is my wisdom. And it comes from Scripture. If you're here this morning, if you're watching us online, if you're listening online, and you're single, and you're running, let me just tell you, don't get married, whatever you do. If you have turned your back on God, and you're running, let me tell you, listen, listen, if you don't hear anything else I say, don't get married. Please don't get married while you're running from God. Because if you do, I can almost guarantee, listen, I can almost guarantee you're going to make a bad choice. You're going to make the wrong choice. Because when you run from God, listen to me, you run to the strangest places. That's why oftentimes people who are running later in life, they have relational problems. They have financial problems. Because when you turn your back on the source of wisdom and truth, listen to me, listen, listen. When you turn your back on the source of wisdom and truth, it will most always come back to haunt you. See, what, pe what people do a lot of times, a lot of times people, are, they, they run from God because they're looking for love. Now, some of you need to hear me. A lot of times people run from God because they're looking for love. But when you turn your back on the source of unconditional love, let me just tell you, bad things are going to happen to you. You're not going to find somebody else in this world to love you unconditionally. Am I right? There's nobody in this world that will love you unconditionally like God loves you. I don't care what you say. And see, it's that unconditional love that's what we were created for that's what we have a longing for and the problem is when you run from god you run from the primary source of that unconditional love that means that when you're running from god and you've turned your back on the wisdom and the truth and the unconditional love of god that you're naturally going to try to fill your love tank with things that will never quench that desire You try to force it out of careers. You try to force it out of relationship. You try to force that unconditional love out of things that were never to designed to give you that unconditional love. You're running from God and you can't find what you're looking for because what you're looking for is in the rearview mirror. That's where you ask God to be. You ask Him to be in the rearview mirror of your life. People run from God looking for love. People also run from God when they're looking for purpose for their life. But let me tell you this. When you run from God looking for purpose, do you realize that you've just turned your back on the source of purpose? Everything that is created is created with a purpose. And the only person that can tell you why you were created is your creator. So why would you run from the creator? Let me give you another characteristic, another thing that I see in common about people who run from God. At least this is what I see. People running always hurt the people close to them. Let me tell you this morning, I'm going I'm to I'm drill down on this in just a minute. If you're running from God, you're going to hurt the people that are close to you. Oh, I'd never do that. People who run always hurt the people near them. Go back to Jonah. 
When the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up, all the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. That's a whole other message right there. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. It's like me and my suburban. You know what I'm saying? When I got to stop, I'm throwing people out if I got to stop quick. That's it. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, who made the sea and made the land. Then this terrified them. And they asked, well, then what is it that you've done? And they already knew that he was running from the Lord because he had already told them so. But as they're talking, the scripture says the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Dads, let me speak to you, all the dads, all the fathers. Dads, if you're running from God, your kids and your wife are going to feel the shrapnel of the mistakes that you're making. Ladies, the same holds true for you. Ladies, if you're actually running from God, you need to know that the same holds true for you. If you're running from God, your kids and your husband is going to be affected by the mistakes that you make. Don't think, ladies, don't think, husbands, that you can protect your wives, you can protect your children. Don't think that you can do that. Students, let me speak to you. Students, do you know why your parents overreact as it relates to the people that you're dating do you understand why your mother or father overreacts when it comes to the people that you date? I'll tell you why they overreact. Because if you live with or if you date somebody who is running from God, that person's life is going to impact your life. Am I right, parents? It's going to impact you. Listen to me, students, your heart may be pure, but if you hook up with somebody who is running, if you date somebody who's running, you're more likely to get hurt. If you're here this morning and you're running, and you think that the people around are not going to be impacted, are not going to be affected, then you need to hear what I'm saying. You're living in another world. Understand that if you're a runner, the people around you are going to be impacted. Here's the third thing. Characteristic, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. This is a beautiful thing. People who are running from God are always offered a second chance. Isn't that beautiful? People who run from God are always offered a second chance. I just love that. I thank the Lord for that. Let's go back to the story as we look at what Jonah says. They've confronted Jonah. Here's what he says. He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Because when you do, it will become calm. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Now, connect that back to what I just said. The people around you will be impacted. He says, what does he say? I know that it's my fault because I'm running from God that you've been impacted. 
Instead, the men did their best to row back to the land. They didn't want to throw Jonah over. They did their best to row back to the land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than it was before. Then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, O Lord, have done as you please. Then they took Jonah and they threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. At this time, these men who threw him overboard greatly feared the Lord and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now look at what it says. But the Lord provided. The Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. It's that fourth word that you see there on the screen behind me. Provided. I, I don't know where I got this. I'm pretty sure it was in Sunday school at Grandview Baptist Church on Nolensville Road in Nashville. That's where I came to Christ. That's where I went to church as a young person. And I'm pretty sure that I was taught in Sunday school that those three days in that fish were a form of punishment for Jonah. I mean, for not following God. And, and when I was told that or when I was taught that, it kind of put the fear of God in me. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to mess up. And, they, and, and I, if I remember right, they kind of said, well, you, you need to, to always do what God has called you to do. You need to always do what God has asked you to do. You better do what God calls you to do, or if you don't, he's coming after you. And when he comes after you, he's going to send a great big fish. And then the movie Jaws came out. <laughs> I saw it over here at the Capitol Theater. I mean, it put the fear of God in me. But see, here's the deal. The story of Jonah is not about fear. The story of Jonah is about God's mercy. The story of, of Jonah is about God's mercy. It's all about his mercy toward the Ninevites who he did not want to judge. It's about God's mercy towards Jonah, his servant, who was trying to run away from God and keep certain areas of his life away from God. See, here's the thing. This is the beautiful thing about the story of Jonah. Many of you probably haven't thought about this. This is really the story of second chances. This is a story of second chances. And I thought about this this past week. Because in the years that I've been pastoring, I have lots of people come to me and they want advice. Have you ever given anybody advice and they ignore your advice? That happens a lot with me. People want my opinion. They say they value my opinion. I give them my opinion. I give them my advice. And they go out and do exactly the opposite of what I recommended they do. And then they have trouble in their life. You, you, know, you know where this happens a lot? I used to do premarital counseling. I don't do that anymore. I let somebody else do that. But I would meet with people, and, and I did say this, and I hope they're not here today, but I, I said, you know what? I really don't think you guys need to get married. She immediately starts crying, and he bows up like a rattlesnake. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't need to get married. They, they've told me enough of their story and how they came together and, and, and what things have happened in their life. And I'm like, look, I'm not saying that you don't need to get married. I'm saying you don't need to get married now. And they get mad. And they leave my office and they're mad at me. And you know what? I understand that. I would be mad at me too. So what do they do? They leave my office, and you know what they do? They go in town, and they find another preacher who will marry them. 
after I told them that they didn't need to get married. Fast forward two years, three years, five years later, things don't work out. Guess who they call? And I'm like, no, 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 time out. Talk to the hand. You need to call Brother Bill. He's the one who married you. But you can't find Brother Bill. Brother Bill got his $500 and he's gone. You know what I'm saying? They want me to fix the situation. And I'm like, why don't you call Pastor Bill? Because he's the one who got you in this. That's the way I think. But here's the good news. God doesn't think the way I think. God's not like me. Isn't that good news? The Bible says all the way from Genesis to Revelation. All the way from Genesis to Revelation. That when you knew better, when everyone was telling you don't, when everyone was telling you and all of wisdom was saying, don't buy that, don't borrow that, don't marry that, don't go there, and you did it anyway. Genesis to Revelation says that when things came crashing or come crashing down, that you can actually immediately turn to the God you dissed. And in that moment that you turn to him, he will extend to you mercy. Now make no mistake about this. God allowed Jonah to experience some pain. God allowed Jonah to experience some pain. Do, do you know why God will allow us to experience the consequences of the decisions that we made? Now think about that. Why does God allow you to experience the consequences of the bad decisions that you've made? It's not to pay you back, but it's to bring you back. It's not to pay you back for what you did, but it's to bring you back home. He allowed Jonah to reap the consequences of his poor decision. And see, here's the thing that I've discovered in my life. God will often allow or even exaggerate the pain of my running. Not to pay me back, but to bring me back. God will get in the middle of the pain of the poor decisions that you've made. God will get in the middle of the pain and he will involve himself as your life becomes unraveled. And the great news is when we run, God isn't sitting back, well, there goes Randy, I'll just let him go, I'll get somebody else. That's not what he does. That's often the attitude that we have, but that's not God's attitude. Because you see, all this sin, all the junk, all the consequences of the bad decisions that you've made, all of that can be leveraged. And God knows that all of that can be leveraged for something good in your life. And the message of the Bible is that you can't run. Listen, you can't run or drift outside the boundaries of God's grace. Because when I look, you know what I see? All the major characters of the Bible were runners. All the major characters of the Bible were runners. But listen to me, God still used them. All throughout history, that's who God's used. All throughout history, God has used the runners. When you quit running, restoration is going to happen. There'll be a, re a relationship that gets restored. There'll be a mind that gets restored. Your guilt's going to be restored. 
when you quit running and you turn back to God like Jonah did, all, all this restoration is going to happen within you. But there's one thing that God can't do for you. And the one thing that God can't do for you is give you back the time that you spent running. See, in my season of running until the time that I finally got it together, and I still really don't have it together, but you, 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 know, you understand what I'm saying, 24 years. 24 years I was running. And you know one of the things I asked God? I'd love to be able to get that time back. Listen to me. God can't give you that time back. That's one of the things that I hear people who run say. They say, you know, all those wasted years, if there's anything I want, I just wish I could get the time back. And you will not get the time back that you threw away running. So why? Why not let today be the end of your running, whether you're here or watching online? Why not let today be the end of your running? Why don't you just today, wherever you are, why don't you just throw up your hands and say, you know what, God, I'm done. I'm tired of, of running. I'm tired of trying to have life my way. Because in reality, here's the truth. You're running from the very thing that you're actually trying to pursue. Don't waste another week. You can run from God. But you can't outrun Him. How many of you this morning in this auditorium, how many of you watching and listening online would say, you know what? You just say it to yourself, I'm running. That's me, Randy. You've described me. I'm Jonah. Because here's the thing I know. I've been praying all week. God, would you allow today, the 27th of June, to be the day that all the runners come home? That they quit running from God. Let this be the day that the runners come home. I mean, let's be honest. How many of you right now would say, I'm running? How, how many of you right now, I don't normally do this, how many of you right now, by raising your hand, would say, somewhere in my life, somewhere in my past, I've been a runner? Just hold your hand up. You're in good company because we all have run at some point, and some of you are running right now. Why can't today be the day that runners come home? Because that's what I've been praying. God, would you allow today to be the day that those who have turned their back on wisdom and truth that those who have turned their back on your word and your principles and the direction that you have for their lives would you let today be the day that those runners come home would you bow your heads and pray with me please God we worship you in spirit and in truth and God, the one thing that we don't ever want to do, even though we do it, we don't want to turn our back on your wisdom and your truth. We don't want to turn our back on your love and the purpose that you have for us and for the life that you've given us. So God, my hope and my prayer is that in this time of worship, that we would realize the error, the mistake that we've made. And separating some points, uh, parts of our lives. And saying, you know what, God, you, you can have all this other, but I'm going to keep this. Again, if we're doing that, we're a runner. And God, today is the day for the runners to come home. To experience a touch. To experience the freedom that is found in the cross of Jesus Christ. Who sacrificed his life for us who went to the cross on our behalf, who gave his life for ours. Maybe today, right where you're seated in your home, in your office, driving in your car as you listen, maybe right now you just simply need to pray, God, right now I want to come back home. And I want to worship you in spirit and truth. I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. 
You voice that however you need to. But knowing that forgiveness is available to you for the sins that you've committed. The blood from Calvary covers you and cleanses you white as snow. God, do what only you can do in each of our lives. We lean into you, as David said earlier. We lean into you, we worship you, and we do it in spirit and truth. We do it as runners who are coming home. As we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Just to
It's all about you. 